Before we begin, if you want to join our growing group of supporters and give five, ten, or twenty dollars a month to help make the show even better, you can sign up to the Hard Reports Patreon right now and get exclusive access to full, unedited interviews with guests. That's the Harder Reports Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Harder Report. And now, today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Hardy Report. My name's Edward Hardy and for today's interview I'm joined by Phil Eyre, a retired US Navy commander now running for office in Florida's first congressional district. Phil Eyre, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you, Edward. It's great to be here. And it's not just the Florida's first congressional district. It's in the panhandle. So it's the extreme northwest part of Florida. And one the principal city is Pensacola, which I proudly uh, want to acknowledge for your audience is the cradle of naval aviation. And uh, that's how I got my that's how I served my career and ended up uh, retiring as a commander in the United States Navy. As you mentioned, you retired as a commander in the U.S. Navy and your active duty career spanned 26 years flying reconnaissance missions in the Cold War, Desert Storm and post 9-11 operations. You've had a long career serving your country, and now you want to go into Congress and serve it even more. What has inspired you here? Okay, well, first of all, yes, I've had my career in public service. I've devoted, like like so many other people in uh, in our country and in your country, Edward, have devoted our, our our professional lifetimes in our in our you know our adult lifetimes in the service of our country. And what has happened in the United States, and we're seeing it elsewhere also, is that Lies have are competing with truth. Um, disinformation is real and it, it is damaging. And what has happened what it, with the Trump era and my opponent, Matt Gates specifically, is that they are engaging in a war on us. And it's it's pers- it's twisting our, our perceptions of reality. And it's uh, it, we just cannot stand up for it. We all fought as allies. Britain, us, France, Free France, and others in World War II to combat this type of garbage that's going on. We went through the entire Cold War looking at propaganda and, and, and containing uh, authoritarian messaging and authoritarian uh, rule, brutal rule. And now it, those uh, 1930s type uh, of society, societal changes with the rise of nationalism, authoritarianism and all that and hate within our country and, and, you know, us versus them within the within our society is gone out of control. So people like me are standing up. I'm just one of them. And uh, uh, there are plenty with us. The cradle of naval aviation is a place where I can look uh, my fellow veterans of all of all services and my and just regular people and look them in the eye and say, you know, there is an honor code all of us vets took. And we bled by it, we sweated by it, and we survived by it, and it forms the backbone of what we're doing. And it's I will not lie, cheat, or steal, nor tolerate those among us who do. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a, I'm compelled to stand up, and I'm one of the, one of the many who are. Your opponent is Representative Matt Gates, who there'll be very few listeners who aren't familiar with him due to his time in Congress spent. Uh, bombastically defending Donald Trump. You've accused Matt Gates of using, quote, disinformation and chaos to stay in power. 
you've also criticized him for proudly labeling himself as Trump's best buddy and Trump's ultimate defender, linking Matt Gates's tactics to the information warfare you saw during the Cold War. Did you ever believe you'd have to make such a comparison between those you fought against during your military service and a sitting member of Congress using the same sort of tactics? Oh, well, no. And you use the word bombastic and he is bombastic, but it goes beyond that. It is dangerous. And so let me back up the word dangerous. Uh, let's take the covid <clears throat> crisis right now. Well, it was about uh, three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. Uh, the CBS News documentary 60 Minutes did a piece on Matt Gates's false made up out of whole cloth uh, claim that a virus escaped from a lab in Wuhan and that the United States was putting, you know, three point seven million dollars into into that lab. Well, both components of that lie uh, were wrong. And uh, it, Donald Trump heard about it. And lo and behold, this this grant from the National Institutes of Health was uh, summarily canceled. And what it was, what that grant was, was to a New York City based nonprofit uh, scientific medical research group who had uh, links, scientific links with scientists in in the Wuhan lab, but also around the world. Their global mission is to look at the propagation of, of uh, you know, coronaviruses. Um, that was taken away. We, as a result, are less prepared to control the pandemic, to monitor and control the pandemic. Um, so uh, Gates revels in the the uh, racist uh, uh, language and imagery uh, of in that example. And in the other big thing that's happening, well, one of the other big things that's happening here in the States, which is, uh, also happening in the streets of London, I see, and that is Black Lives Matter. The man cannot say that without qualifications. When people are hurting, when people, when the when the data shows that black men and women, but mostly black men, are being uh, uh, m- murdered and victims of police um, abuse, police brutality, we need to stop it. Uh, and Gates doesn't get that at all. Yesterday. He put up a, or maybe it was last night. He put up a, 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 a an image of some other people in St. Louis, Missouri, who had an a, a you know assault weapon and a pistol, and he was just stoking uh, stoking fear. So we called him out on that, and and uh, um, it's it's an image of people of white people being afraid of Black Lives Matter protesters walking by their house. Um, and Gates's messaging on that is, hey, they're all coming for you. This is MS-13. The mob is all around. All that hate is just unnecessary. And it's been that is the danger portion of, uh, of Matt Gates. There are many other examples, too. That image that we've all seen uh, circulating on social media of those individuals right. that have been pointing guns at Black Lives Matter protesters. And you talked about the hate that Matt Gates is attempting to stir up by pushing that image in the manner that he has been. Do you think that's part of the reason we end up with these conflicts between various different groups who, if they just sat down in a calm manner, would probably agree on the right solution forward? Do you think they've been stirred up here because of people like Matt Gates pushing this sort of hatred that you talk about? Absolutely no question about it. He is in the dock for that kind of uh, uh, 
dangerous behavior, dishonorable behavior. But there are great, there are green shoots of, uh, of, of optimism here. And let me tell you one of them that's, ha- one of them that's happening here in Northwest Florida. Well, a couple. So when we go out and we, and we, uh, we people generally are protesting in Black Lives Matter here in the panhandle of Florida, some might say it's the belly of the beast for Trump's support. We have multi-ethnic, multi-racial uh, people standing up against, um, standing up for black lives, saying very clearly, black lives do matter. And uh, I'm obviously with that group, uh, with that s- s- section of society. And it has, it has uh, reaches beyond the stereotype of, uh, or the normal um, uh, politics that you might, you might come up with. And then on the, on the, uh, on, on the establishment side, you have the, uh, here in Pensacola, our principal city, we have the mayor of Pensacola, a Republican, who has been under pressure from Black Lives Matter uh, protests. But what he has done is shown good judgment in bringing in protest leaders into an advisory committee on police reform. And it's not just one a token. It's it's two prominent ones and a mix of other people around. So that type of inclusion, he's not afraid to show up. He's not one that is going to say, uh, you know, heavy hand on law and order, um, which I want to talk about. Uh, but he is engaging. He is engaging. And we have a dialogue in a in a, uh, you know, a community, um, you know, res- respectful but firm way on what needs to change. Uh, there's also been a formal uh, transmission from the mayor here in Pensacola to the uh, city council to vote whether to remove the prominent uh, Confederate statue that overlooks Pensacola. It was put up in the time of Jim Crow uh, to uh, with with the, the Confederate battle flag right behind it. It's been around for a long time. You know, people ignore it, but it's it's in a prominent place of dignity in our uh, in our city, and it needs to be removed, taken to a museum, taken to a cemetery, somewhere, but move it out of of uh, contemporary prominence, and uh, and uh, and you know, and because we are the new South, and so my challenge to the city council, who's going to vote in early July, um, is to demonstrate that Black Lives Matter, demonstrate that we are. Taking another step, it's not going to be, you know, the, the nirvana of everything, but take another step away from white supremacy, because there's no doubt about it that white supremacy brought that statue in. Uh, the lingerings of of, uh, of Jim Crow and the lingerings of a segregated society we still see down here in the South um, remains, and we can stay, take another step away from it. When we look at the issues that exist with law and order in America, We've seen the protests that have arisen from Black Lives Matter that you mentioned when it comes to the issues that exist in the criminal justice system, highlighting racial inequality in the criminal justice system. And we've seen various proposals for approaches to be taken to resolve that inequality, whether it is defunding the police, whether it's ensuring that any police that are involved in the murder of Black men should be prosecuted and sentenced to time in prison. What's your approach to how we reform this criminal justice system in America so we don't have this underlying racial inequality that has become such a devastating impact on the communities? 
Well, it's to restore, uh, it's to restore our basic honor of what's truth and what's real and the integrity of, the integrity of uh, representation. And, uh, and so the first, first order for someone like me who is, uh, white, who is seeking office, uh, is to listen. So I have listened and I'm continuing to listen. And unlike Matt Gates, who is very dismissive of people who, uh, challenge him at uh, town halls and just in general's constituent services uh, is doesn't get good reviews at all. Um, uh, you know, I, I know how to listen. I, you know, I've had a career doing that as part of the core duties of, 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 of military life. So a specific approach to to what's going on here with uh, Black Lives Matter and the police brutality is to reimagine policing. And uh, there are, you know, there's this slogan uh, defund police in the in the US uh, uh, Department of Defense we went through a, a, a era of using the word transformation transforming United States defense and that was not uh that was not controversial uh except for the old the old folks who say yeah it's just another word a powerpoint type of you know leadership well guess what transformation uh, is a continuum and so is reimagining policing and reimagining public safety. So for here in Northwest Florida, we have, um, the, uh, chiefs of police and the elected sheriffs. There are several of them. My congressional district uh, encompasses five Florida counties with five different elected sheriffs and a number of municipalities, Pensacola, Fort Walton Beach, Destin, uh, Crestview, Defuniac Springs, other places that have their own police uh, departments. And so far, we're seeing uh, probably about a third of the police leadership uh, having a good attitude. Uh, the others, I can't comment on. I just haven't seen it. But uh, I've seen generally good uh, opening, willingness to talk, willingness to be around in a supportive way to Black Lives Matter protests and the hard conversations that need to follow that. You know, why are we having uh, racial uh, profiling going on in traffic stops here? And we are. Why is it that we have more dispropor- more African-Americans in prison and in jails than than uh, than white folks? Is it really that black people are more criminally inclined? I don't think so. So there are systemic issues and just laying out the facts is is uh, is important. But so let me tell you what I had an interview or, you know, one on one, actually one on four interview with uh, one of the elected sheriffs here in our district. Uh, one on four, meaning you know, he brought in his uh, his other uh, senior leadership. It was very nice to have a conversation with him in his office. You know, I'm a military guy, so I'm looking across the desk and, and this guy, four stars on his on his collar and look to my right, this guy with three stars, another one with three stars or two stars. So there's a lot of bling, a lot of bling going on there in this, uh, this scene. And we discuss everything. And part of what, uh, was, uh, I brought up was there's a school to prison pipeline, meaning when you underfund public schools, when you don't, uh, put the right, right leadership in them and you have an active state government as we do here in Florida, who is, uh, Overdoing it on, on school choice to the point where taxpayers' dollars are funding uh, private education, essentially. And what that's done is pull the rug under the uh, public school provision, which is tied to, you know, our, our 
the reality of one of our ideals in America, and that is equality, equal opportunity afforded by a basic uh, K to 12 uh, education, you know, a secondary school type education up to secondary school. Um, and that has that that is part of this school to prison pipeline. Well, my uh, my my uh, 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 sheriff across the desk said, you know, Phil, I don't think that exists. Well, you know, yes, it, it does exist. Um, the chambers of commerce, you know, the establishment of, uh, of business here in the district at the state level and in the, you know, the, the regional level in the uh, in northwest Florida all agree that the school to prison pipeline exists. There are charts for it. We study it. If you don't get uh, reading levels at, you know, appropriate reading levels of third grade or the fifth grade or uh, math that uh, later on, you have a much higher propensity of ending up known to the to the, the criminal justice system. And those are some of the underlying issues that we need to, to uh, tackle. Another one is the cultural issues and the icons like uh, the Old South and glorifying the, 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 um, the Confederate War. You know, there's this term called the lost cause that tugs at the heartstrings of people who have this uh, romanticized version of, oh, is it a nice way back in, back in, you know, pre-Civil War days, they're really looking for a lifestyle. What they're, what they, People that put that out are almost a hundred percent white people who don't have, you don't give a damn back then about uh, thinking about what the slaves were were you know were suffering under brutal brutal conditions and lack of uh, rights that we all claim to be you know out. So uh, one of the getting back to the sheriff, um, you know, he was saying, you know, I, I know one thing: if we put them in jail, they're not going to be uh, making crime. And that's, you know, it's just a bad attitude. It's the wrong attitude. And uh, so there there are folks uh, um, like me and others who are standing up to that kind of thinking and proposing a new way for a new South. As a veteran, I'd like to ask you about a recent news story that has been in the headlines. It was reported that a Russian military intelligence unit secretly offered cash to Taliban militants for fatal attacks on U.S. and U.K. troops in Afghanistan. We now know that some of the attacks were successful and lives were lost in those instances. Uh, after the point where we know intelligence agencies became aware of this plot, Donald Trump publicly cozied up to Russia and called for Russia to be readmitted to the G7 while saying nothing about this report. He is still several days after we all became aware of this, not publicly criticized Russia. He's just attacked Democrats and the intelligence itself. What are your thoughts on this story? It is disgusting. It is horrific. And he is uh, shown to be yet again. This is this is another uh, event along the long series of events that uh, show Donald Trump is not um He's not a good steward of the lives. Uh, he's not suited to be commander in chief. He's not. He is just. He's. Um, do I want to say traitorous? It is traitorous behavior. Yes, as a legal definition, well, that's for somebody else to decide. But it is. Uh, it, it's just. It's just awful. I'm. I'm a loss for words to describe how awful it is. Um, and what has Matt Gates done about it? Matt Gates serves on the House Armed Services Committee. We. We live, Gates and I, live in the congressional district that has most the most military 
families and veterans of any congressional district in the country. And where is he on this? His lack of curiosity about this report is uh, showing that his priorities are all about a cynical calculation of political power where troops are expendable. And he he and both Donald Trump and, and Matt Gates are totally unsuited for their roles. Uh, so we need to get to the bottom of this and we need to stop. I'm so pleased that the reports are also saying that on the staff level, uh, we uh, notified Britain and the British uh, intelligence, British, our counterparts over there. So at, at least that uh, we could save some face uh, and some lives, potentially saving some lives from this uh, dastardly deal that uh, Trump is complicit in. And um, it's it's uh, it's awful. He needs to be turfed out. We need to get to the bottom of it. And uh, uh, Donald J. Trump needs to resign as a result of this. As you mentioned, Matt Gates, your opponent is on the House Armed Services Committee. He is someone who theoretically should be investigating what went on here at the very least to get the full picture and understanding whether or not he agrees that Donald Trump did something wrong, he should at least be fulfilling his role on the House Armed Services Committee to investigate what has gone on here. As someone who swore an oath to their country and to serve their country, do you believe that Matt Gates and the Republicans who have defended Donald Trump here have betrayed that oath of office and their constituents? Well, absolutely. The Republican leadership um, in the form of Matt Gates and in the form of so many others uh, have uh, betrayed their oath and they've betrayed their trust uh, in the American people. And uh, so I worry greatly about between now and uh, January when the next government will be sworn in and the next House of Representatives will be sworn in with me as part of it. There's a lot of mischief that can be done. And mischief is not just, you know, fun and games. It's lives and blood. It's treasure. It's our economy and it's in our it's our environment. So all of these things are at play and at risk. And uh, the likes of Matt Gates and Donald Trump are are just pleased as punch to uh, sacrifice it all to maintain power. They're Elect, Trump's re-election strategy, Gates' re-election strategy is clear. Disinformation, chaos, distraction, and the big lie, which is part of disinformation. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to stoke it up. They're going to ramp it up. But guess what? Um, the virus has called their bluff. To, to, uh, to uh, credit Ann Applebaum for that. The virus has called their bluff. Science is, uh, science and you know, it is undeniable. The deaths in the hospitals are undeniable. The COVID uh, uh, testing and the numbers of, of uh, the numbers of confirmed cases is growing out of control here. Ex- excuse me, it's growing yeah, out of control. But it's exponential right now in the state of Florida. Uh, we are indeed following what New York City uh, experienced and what um, and what. Italy experienced and what you all are experiencing in, in, in England. I hope we're going to be able to uh, uh, get it under control during this summer, but it's not looking good right now. And it's uh, it's hard to hide from this. So, yeah, they're after they're they're trying to spin their way out of this uh, natural disaster of the covid and it's not working. As you've mentioned during this interview, 
immigration is an issue that is at the forefront of political conversation. It's particularly one that matters to Florida, where one in five residents in the state were born in another country and immigrants make up more than a quarter of Florida's labor force. That's according to figures from the American Immigration Council. The Statue of Liberty reads, quote, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. It's a welcoming sign for immigrants coming to America. But under the Trump administration and pushed by people like Matt Gates, immigrants have been targeted. Given the People like Donald Trump and Matt Gates claim to be Christian. Why do you believe the Trump White House has ignored the religious principle of love thy neighbor? That's a hell of a good question. Um, I think it's because they bought into the false uh, ideal of uh, making, a, making a deal with the devil. Um, a Faustian bargain. Um, putting wedge issues and siding so much with wedge issues that they are willing to sacrifice their integrity and their uh, what they know deep in their heart to be wrong. We don't lock children in cages, but they do. Uh, We do want border security. Borders are important, and I'm all for border security. Uh, But the wall that, as described uh, by Donald Trump, that will never be built, by the way, is, is um, is a monument to fear. And it's the fear of immigrants and the fear of taking away jobs and the and the uh, uh, the unfounded uh, uh, economical economic analysis behind that fear that is, uh, you know, is part of the Republican the, today's Republican strategy of winning. It's, uh, it's stoking fear. It's going straight into the uh, white supremacist dial uh, narrative. And uh, we're just standing up to it. Stoking fear on immigration is something we saw from Matt Gates when he was asked about the issue of gun violence and he tried to deflect by saying that illegal immigration poses a bigger threat to Americans than gun violence. You've called for America's current immigration system to be reformed in a sensible manner to address these issues that exist in the current way that immigrants are treated in America. We've seen the way immigrants on the southern border had to endure the family separation policy that was condemned by international human rights organizations. What would your reform look like? And again, similar to the healthcare question, how do we ensure that positive steps in that reform can't just be undone by future administrations that might choose to try and take a cruel or callous approach? Well, on the undone aspect of your question, it's simple as is passing laws that meet the constitutional tests. And so I, I respect the, uh, the right of Americans to keep and bear arms. That's our second amendment. And I also respect the right of Americans to live safely in a society and it's Congress's job to pass laws and the executive's jobs to enforce laws that provide that safety in in uh, while at the same time protecting uh, the rights under the Constitution, in this case, uh, you know, our, uh, our, uh, sec- the Second Amendment. So, um, you know, uh, the laws that we need to have changed include um, tr- control of these bullets that are flying through people's homes and killing folks. And that's happening here in Northwest War. There are rashes of uh, 
of gun violence. Uh, in, in the papers, you can read about uh, drive-by shootings. Um, there's a police car stolen and uh, other shootings going on in, you know, a neighbor in, in Pensacola uh, recently over in Crestview. Some more shootings are happening. And some of the, the good things that uh, good people that are standing up to that are, again, that we have the largest military and former military uh, population of any congressional district. And so when I go to uh, NAACP meetings, or to uh, other rallies, you see time after time a lot more leadership in the audience than at the dais. And people pop up and say, I'm you know, a former Air Force and I've been a police officer and what we've seen here is wrong. Or we need, you know, this, well, we've got to get a control over, uh, over why folks are, uh, are, are getting illegal, unregistered weapons, uh, uh, and put a stop to it. Now, by contrast, Matt Gates is all about lack of control, lack of safety. Uh, after Trayvon Martin was uh, was murdered, um, he's he was very uh, adamant that he would not change one word of the stand your ground legislation here in Florida. Uh, when Matt, you mentioned Matt Gates's uh, quote from the House Judiciary Committee uh, when he was trying to throw out Parkland two Parkland fathers from that hearing room. Because uh, they stood up and objected to his, uh, you know, saying, "Hey, the border wall is the answer to gun violence." Like, what? How absurd is that? So, these, you know, one of the fathers popped up, and that 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 person, uh, his name is Manuel Oliver, and I'm pleased to say that he is endorsing me. We become friends, and um, you know, his the death of his daughter down at the Parkland uh, School, Martyr Stone Douglas uh, High School, is, uh, you know, stays with all of us. Uh, we've had two vigils here in Pensacola as after that after that event and many other events where the activist community, kind of on my side of the political equation, are uh, were saying, "Hey, these 17 lives were missed, were were murdered. This shall not happen again. We must not let this happen again." Candles were lit, prayers were said, uh, and, and you know it's just a sad memorial. A couple of days later. Same sort of thing up at one of the prominent churches, large congregation churches, and the great and the good were there. Uh, elected, elected sheriffs, uh, appointed police, uh, mayor, city council, county commission, uh, all were there. And I happened to be one of the very few, if not the only person who attended both vigils. Same thing. These 17 deaths are, 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 are uh, horrific. We must not let that happen again. Candles were lit and uh, prayers were said. And these two groups are not talking to each other in the public space. Uh, we've been part of my campaign has been able to bring these groups together in the public space. And at least one uh, uh, event where we had the, uh, the, the, some city officials, police officials and moms demand action for, to, uh, for gun sense attend. Manuel Oliver came up and attended it and we had a, a good dialogue, uh, but it's more dialogue of that needed. And again, the leadership was seen in the event that I put together on the dais and in the audience, and it was good. So um, my approach is common sense gun safety um, with uh, bans on large uh, capacity magazines on much more control over any weapon that has the capability of rapid mass slaughter. I mean, these are weapons of war, right? And uh, we need to be grown up enough about it to recognize that they need to be uh, not a danger.
everybody else. That goes back to this other question you asked about these folks, these these people over in uh, Missouri that came out in their lawn and were waving weapons at uh, Black Lives Matter protests who were going by their house. Um, they're telling a they're telling some other kind of story right now about it, but you know we can't have that happen. We can't have armed men uh, take over uh, and stop the state legislative process in in any of our state capitals, as has happened and as has Donald Trump uh, stoked that. And so. Uh, we just need a change of leadership because we're not seeing leadership. We're seeing fear mongering. And I'm part of that change. I would like you to join us in that. If you don't mind, your audience includes uh, Americans abroad. And I want to tell the Americans abroad that not only have, are, am I for, uh, you know, change in America, I'm also uh, uh, for sanity. Go check out my website. Uh, I'm for resi- residency based taxation. Uh, you know, an arcane, but a very real thing to Americans living abroad that they, they want to make sure that they can uh, maintain their American citizenship and have a, a decent uh, level of uh, income without having to be uh, paying double taxes. And I want to make sure that bribery laws and uh, the um, corruption that we see in uh, some wealthy people like Donald J. Trump and like Vladimir Putin are are brought to uh, the light of justice. And what we have, Matt Gates again, he's a player in this. He's one of those people that is obstructing, has obstructed in the halls of Congress, the discovery of uh, banking documents that would clear up the questions surrounding the Trump organization. And so he is complicit in this, uh, this very likely um, uh, serious financial crimes uh, that are embedded in what, the Trump organization has been all about and probably still is all about on uh, Twitter. It's uh, my name crammed together. It's P H I L E H R Phil air. My last name has three letters echo hotel Romeo. So it's Phil air. Follow us there. It'd be great. You get links to everything. Website is uh, air for congress.com E H R F O R congress.com. We're also on Facebook and, um, and Instagram under similar titles. So thank you very much. Go check out our video. We, we went up on air with 30, 30 second commercials last week. We, we'd like from Americans and Americans only uh, to have uh, uh, the, the uh, continuing financial resources to reach the number of people we need to reach to actually win this election. We have a, I see I'm a sailor, so I'm a sailor and a reconnaissance officer. And I see a signs of a sea change happening across the land and specifically here in Northwest Florida because Gates is uniquely awful and I'm uniquely suited to the best of ideals here in Northwest Florida and America. Bill, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me and uh, all the best to you. Enjoy American Independence Day on the 4th of July and proceed out of the lockdown with due caution and safety. That was Phil Air, who's running for office in Florida's first congressional district. You can find out more about him on Twitter at PhilAir or at airforcongress.com. That's all for today's episode. What did you think about that interview? Let me know on Twitter at Edward T. Hardy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe or recommend this podcast by submitting a review online and sharing it with friends and family. Until next time, goodbye.